fragments of a fantasy The kind of neon dreams we sell in magazines But it's hard to find the truth and know what you went through a Facebook Tired of feeling phony, talking counterfeit Never feeling any love, you say you're over it To me Oh yeah, I just want you But I don't have you where I want you And mostly I don't need to But if I had you and I want you Then I'd be good Hello listeners and welcome to Ohio Mysteries You're listening to a clip of Not Just Yet by Daniel Rylander. Daniel is our feature Ohio Musical Artist of the Week. So stick around to the end of the podcast. We'll tell you a little bit more about him and let you listen to that entire song. But right now, let's stoke that fire, campers. It's time for a new mystery. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with me is our storyteller and researcher, Paula Schleiss, an award-winning journalist who spent 30 years telling these kinds of stories for the Akrabika Journal. Hi, everybody. I could tell from the title of today's episode, we've got another Halloween theme going. I thought you were going to ration these so we don't run off Halloween stories from year to year. I know, I know, but I went down another rabbit hole and I just couldn't stop myself. So if I'm climbing down that hole, you're all going (laughs) with me. The thing is, you don't have to be in a house or a cemetery or some ancient building to host a ghost. Some of Ohio's most haunted places are its roads and bridges. Uh, I can think of three we've done before. Three? Really? Remind me. Okay, Rogue's Hollow. Uh, Wayne County, one of the first episodes we ever did. Crybaby Bridge and all that. Great, authentic history there. Okay, that's one. All right, and those guys, uh, they, they had the big heads in Lake County. What were they called? The Melon Heads. Oh, yeah, they revealed themselves to motorists on Wisner Road up in Kirtland. So, yeah, that definitely qualifies. And Gore Orphanage Road in Vermilion. Oh, yeah, good one. Very creepy. Oh, you know what? Here's another one we did. Moonville. Remember that abandoned train tunnel down in um, Vinton County? Oh, I remember that very well. You got a lot of cool history on that one. Uh, Its reputation was deserved. I've always tried to avoid legends and myths in Ohio that have no basis, in fact. Whether you believe the mystical part of the story or not, I want to at least be able to point out some real events that inspired it. That's the history lover in me. Is that what we have tonight? Real history that has inspired a legend? Uh, well, no. Well, I've got a couple with some ties to true horror, but I'm going to break my rule. We're going to take a look at the stories behind six of Ohio's haunted roads and bridges. And for those that have no documented origin story, I can only share the colorful tale that locals have been handing down generation to generation. All right, let's get started. I know you like a little mood music between chapters, so here we go. Okay, I'm going to number these just so you know where we are in counting down our six tales, but they are not in any particular order. First up, Gormley Road, located in Fayette County. It's a section that runs through an unincorporated hamlet of Wayne Township known as Good Hope, though that name seems ironic. 
There is a real threat here because Gormley features a dangerous curve that has put more than a few people into the ditch. And some people believe those who have lost their lives trying to navigate this tricky section are still trapped here. Gormley Road made a top 10 list nationwide for a writer named Ian Zaney on listserve.com about a decade ago. Here's what Ian wrote. I visited this road the night before I wrote this list, and it was definitely a strange place to be. I saw nothing clear, so I dare not say it's haunted. Of course, I am almost entirely a skeptic. The road has an S-curve with a bridge over a very fast-moving creek. This is far and away the creepiest bridge I have ever set foot on. But that's my paranoia talking again, I suppose. Anyway, many cars met a foul end when taking the unexpected S-curve too fast, and many ghosts are said to roam the area. On my visit, I saw strange movements, and my friend heard whispering. I would recommend a trip to Gormley next time you want to be spooked. So, I searched newspaper archives for Gormley Road, and I found plenty of evidence of accidents there. But the one that actually really raised my eyebrows wasn't an accident at all, just something very, very strange. It happened in October of 1972. Yes, October of all months. And it was reported as a little brief in the Washington Courthouse Record Herald. A guy named Thomas Hudnell had gone squirrel hunting off Gormley Road right there at the Paint Creek Bridge in Wayne Township. After an hour he returned to his car to find it had set itself on fire. The interior and the motor were ablaze. The car was just four years old. Still, the fire department blamed it on a short in the wiring. Even though the car was not on, it was simply parked there. All right, well, you got me. I'm really tempted to go with a mischievous poltergeist. Well, if you're a ghost hunter, that's exhibit A right there. Number two, Dead Man's Curve, featuring the faceless hitchhiker, is a haunted stretch of road that has made numerous national lists that I found on the internet. It's a reportedly treacherous stretch of road in Claremont County, where Route 222 meets Route 125 in the village of Bantam. As the legend goes, a hitchhiker once died in a crash here. His spirit is trapped on the spot, and he appears frequently, usually between 1.20 and 1.40 a.m. Those who claim to have seen him say he's still hitching for a ride, sometimes appearing suddenly in the middle of the road and frightening drivers who think they've just struck a pedestrian. Others say they've seen him on the side of the road, pelting cars with small rocks. But nobody can describe him. The one thing all the reports have in common, his face is a black void with no features. Now, recent reports say that while the moniker Dead Man's Curve was warranted long ago, it's not really all that dangerous anymore. Back in the 19th century, the roadway curved sharply at the top of a hill. The poorly planned path caused horses to topple, spilling carriages and wagons, and killing passengers. 
The flaw in the road remained even as it was paved and turned into a two-lane highway. But in 1968, the road was widened to four lanes and straightened. Reportedly, there was even a celebratory ribbon-cutting to commemorate the end of Dead Man's Curve. And yet, just weeks later, in 1969, the worst accident yet. An Impala and a speeding green roadrunner collided, killing five. Now, this information came from the late Richard Crawford. He's a paranormal researcher and historian who lived in the nearby village of Amelia. He recorded DVDs, YouTube videos, and wrote books about this and other haunted sites in Claremont County. According to Richard, one of the things that has unnerved him about the spot was that he has seen buzzards gather at the intersection in broad daylight when nothing has happened, almost as if they know it's a potential feeding ground and remain hopeful for a fresh dinner. Anyway, Steve, I can't find any news reports of such an accident in 1969 or even of that original hitchhiker's death, so I don't know. But Richard's DVD of The Faceless Hitchhiker was put on YouTube back in 2008, I think. It's still up there. It's got some 123,000 views, and there are like 200 comments on it with many people relating their own experience at the site. Well, what do you think? Group hysteria? Authentic phenomena? You know, I just wish I could have found some sort of news clipping about any of the references in this story, but I came up completely blank. So, who knows? Whatever the case, its reputation is very real. Number three, Schrader Road Tunnel in Ross County, just south of Chillicothe. This is an arched concrete tunnel built in 1927 to carry the railroad over Township Road 288 and Lick Run. The tunnel is functional, but in a rather remote location, which probably adds to its creepy feel. There are two stories associated with this one both involving a mother and her child. The first of these stories is a legend I could not confirm. The second is a double homicide from 1990 that was very much true. Now, the original legend revolves around the death of a baby here, and time has twisted the story into several versions. In one, the infant was placed on the railroad tracks by its mother, and an oncoming train did the rest of the work. In other retellings, the train clipped the mother and child and killed them both. This story has led to the tale that if you drive through the tunnel at night with your headlights off and your windows down, you can hear the baby crying and the ghostly visage of the heartbroken mother. Of course, I don't recommend driving through a tunnel with your lights off, or you may end up part of the legend yourself. The second mother and child said to haunt the spot comes from a double homicide. Here's that story. On April 12, 1990, a 19-year-old man fishing along the banks of Lick Run near the tunnel discovered the body of a woman wrapped in a waterbed mattress. 
a creepy anecdote here. Apparently, he was fishing right next to the mattress for quite some time, ignoring it till he saw what looked like blood on the plastic. He lifted it up and saw a human leg. Detectives used a 1984 Fostoria High School class ring on the victim to help identify her. She was Michelle Huffman. Police found her car abandoned at the Chillicothe Inn, north of Schrader Road. When detectives looked into Michelle's life, they realized something else was wrong. She had just given birth to a little boy 16 days before her body was found, and that baby was missing. Fostoria police soon arrested four men. One of them was Christopher Doyle, a married man who had been having an affair with Huffman and fathered her baby. A search of Lick Run failed to turn up the baby, and the child remained missing for about three months. Eventually, Doyle admitted to killing both mother and child. He beat Michelle to death in Findlay at a business he operated because he didn't want to have to pay child support. Afterward, he tossed the baby, still in his car seat, about 10 feet, an act that killed the child. He put the baby in a garbage bag and dropped him into Eagle Creek, south of Findlay. He planned to take Michelle's body to West Virginia or perhaps drop her into the Ohio River, but his transmission was giving out and he had to pull over and leave her body on the banks of Lick Run. Anyway, they did eventually find the baby in Eagle Creek and Doyle went away for a couple of life sentences. Oh, what a horrible story to beat somebody to death, too. I mean, And God. toss that baby. I, to be honest, I, I didn't even want to share those details. So his car broke down near the haunted tunnel. I guess if you believe in ghosts, you might question the coincidence of that. Oh, uh, yeah, you might. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of the new Medal of Honor podcast from Evergreen Podcasts, brought to you in partnership with the National Medal of Honor Museum. In each three-minute episode, we'll learn about a different service member who distinguished him or herself through an act of valor. We'll include stories from the Civil War to Iraq and Afghanistan, and from all branches of the military. We'll talk about service members who were overlooked for the medal at first due to their race or religion, and about those who were celebrated at the time. We'll hear stories of soldiers like Audie Murphy, future Hollywood star who mounted a burning tank to hold off German infantry in World War II. And people like Dr. Mary Edwards Walker, a Civil War Army doctor and the only woman to receive the Medal of Honor so far. Learn about these heroes and more wherever you get your podcasts. For number four, we're going to Northwest Ohio and Richfield Township in Lucas County. It's Gibbs Road, just west of Sylvania, and specifically a small concrete and asphalt span known as Gibbs Bridge, which crosses Ten Mile Creek. Unless it's been painted recently, pictures I saw showed it completely covered in colorful graffiti, including a large pentagram. Gibbs Bridge 
is different from most haunted spots because there's no particular legend associated with it. And yet, it attracts ghost hunters from throughout the region of the state who insist there is something weird going on. They call the bridge a paranormal hotspot. Maybe some sort of interdimensional curtain that allows flickers of another world to become visible if you're at the right spot at the right time. Cross the bridge and you might inexplicably feel the hair on the back of your neck stand up or have goosebumps spring up on your forearms. Photographers say they've encountered cold spots, even on warm summer nights. People who have ventured onto the bridge at night say they have been struck dumb by the sight of dark figures approaching them and then vanishing. They call them the shadow people. It appears some stories have been invented to try and give more color to this phenomenon. There's a legend of a woman who hung herself on a tree near the bridge, a tale of a motorcycle rider decapitated by a wire that was strung across the bridge, and of course, the obligatory baby thrown into the water, turning it into yet another crybaby bridge. But those stories, they're all fiction. What's not fiction is there has been real tension at the bridge among the living. At times, Locals have been so annoyed at the number of paranormal researchers and curiosity seekers coming into their community, they've taken action. They've hung out under the bridge so they could spring out and scare people. They've parked off the bridge at night to shine their headlights at loiterers. And there was one guy who used to chase visitors away with a shotgun, though apparently he's moved away. All right, so for you listeners out there, if you want to go there, just drive slowly over the bridge to get your thrill, then put your foot to the gas and get moving. <laughs> uh, you know, I've heard more than once, some haunted locations are more terrifying because of the living people around right. it. So, yeah, maybe keep going on this one. For number five, let's go to the other side of the state. Ohio has numerous crybaby bridges. I'm going to throw this one in because it's different than the usual story of mom throwing the unwanted baby over the side of the bridge at midnight. The haunted site is off Egypt Road near Salem. That's actually Perry Township in Columbiana County. An abandoned road near the 2200 block of North Egypt leads to the skeleton of a rusted bridge. It's here where people swear you can hear crying in broad daylight. The setting for this legend is the 1930s. And as the story goes, a couple and their toddler were having a picnic here when the parents got into a heated argument. Embroiled in their debate, they didn't notice the child as it waddled away toward the bridge and fell into the water. If the child cried out at all, the sound was drowned out by the couple's raised voices. Because the child died during the day, they say you don't have to go out at midnight to hear its cry from its watery grave. But wait, there's more. People who live along Egypt Road say you don't even have to go to the bridge to see a ghost. That's because the specter of the baby's father 
walks the main road and occasionally crosses at Pine Lake. They call him the Dark Man of the Woods. They say he appears as a large, dark figure wandering aimlessly in endless torment. Now, even though there is no written documentation that such a tragedy happened, there was a very modern murder that took place right at the foot of the bridge. On October 24, 2010, a Perry Township officer found a van parked right at the bridge and near it, the burned body of a 60-year-old woman. They identified her as Artis Bauman of Salem. At first, they called it a suspicious death, but after a year of investigating, authorities ruled she had been strangled and set afire. I can't find any evidence that this case was ever solved. All right, so what do you think? Ms. Bauman and her van dumped there? Or do you think she was killed there? You know, it appears she was taken there. Now, whether she died on that spot or whether she was killed somewhere else and then burned at the bridge, I just couldn't find any stories that made that clear. Number six is our final haunt tonight, Buckley Road in Oxford. That's in Butler County. There's a very sad legend here known as the Phantom Cyclist. It's an almost Romeo and Juliet kind of tale. I can't find it rooted in any actual reported event, but folks have passed this one through the generations, and young people in this college town have a ritual that keeps the story alive. I'll tell you about that in a second. Now, the young man who haunts Buckley Road was in love, but his girlfriend's parents didn't approve of him. In one version, he's just a mild-mannered kid on a bike. In another version, he's a wine-loving, motorcycle-riding bad boy. Either way, our victim is on two wheels this night. He and his lady hatched a plan that would allow them to spend time together. After her parents went to sleep, she would sneak out onto the porch of her family's home on Oxford Milford Road and flash the porch light three times to signal all was clear. Then the young man would ride down the hill to meet her. But one terrible night, he veered into the path of a car. His body plunged into a barbed wire fence, and he was decapitated. So here's the ritual young people do today in order to communicate with poor Romeo. Oxford, of course, is home to Miami University. So when I say kids, I'm talking about a lot of college kids. They take Route 732 north out of Oxford and turn left onto Buckley. Then they find a pull-off where they can turn off their engine. It said if you flash your headlights three times and wait, you will see a white light come speeding towards you across the hills. They say that's the young man's ghost still trying to reach his girl. Well, that's a good one. You couldn't find a story of some poor soul dying on his bike or motorcycle there? Oh, no. Alas, I could not. And that's it for tonight, listeners. For photos, news, clippings, and more on this and every episode, hop on over to our website, ohiomysteries.com. Now, more about our featured Ohio musical artist of the night. 
Daniel Rylander has been involved in several bands in Northeast Ohio as a drummer, a singer, and a lyricist. He even taught himself to play the piano, the guitar, and the ukulele. Some of his music has been inspired by the loss of his older brother, David, who was killed in action in Afghanistan in 2012. The year after that, Daniel went into the studio and produced a full LP, and he's released a new album every year since. Tonight, we're pulling a song from last year's album, Not Just Yet. He said it's about breaking away from the mundane routine and starting out fresh and new. Daniel said during the pandemic quarantine, he, like many of us, had too much time to spend in front of digital screens and social media. When he was able to get away from that, he wrote this little anthem to doing away with the negative stimuli and simply enjoying life. If you want to see Daniel in person, he'll be at Comida in Hudson on October 28, Paper Moon Vineyards in Vermilion on October 30, 750 ML Wines in Akron on November 2, and Regency Wine Bar in Fairlawn on November 20. And you can keep up with him and future performances on his website, danielrylander.com. So here's the full version of Not Just Yet by Daniel Rylander. Turn up the volume, enjoy. We'll meet you back here next week for another episode of Ohio Mysteries. Facebook feeds Aren't you tired of feeling phony?
we talking counterfeit You have a feeling that we love you Say you're over it Me Oh yeah, I just want you But I don't have you where I want you And mostly I don't need to But if I had you and I want you Then I'd be good But I've had too many chances With you and you told me to my glances Like you used to And I'm sick of always feeling Like I'm being used So I'm good Just to let it go I've got my, my heart jump for the open road It's that for your best Get yourself away from her And breathe deep Until your lungs give out Find it the kind of love we're singing about And when you feel like tomorrow's all you get Just remind yourself that you haven't died just yet the greatest adventure story. But does it ever leave you wondering what the women were doing all that time? This is Lori from the Her Half of History podcast, and the answer is that some women were seizing power, or escaping slavery, or spying for their country, or creating artistic masterpieces, while countless others were doing the laundry, getting married, and wondering why their clothes don't have more pockets. If you would like to hear the stories of women doing all of those things, check out Her Half of History at herhalfofhistory.com or wherever you get your podcasts.